Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. You can visit me on our website at scalethepodcast.com or listen to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Hey everybody, Daniel Ramsey here with My Outdesk. I'm really excited today because we are live on Facebook. We have a lot of good stuff going on today. I've got a good friend, Sean Kokoska from Icon Coaching Group, and we're going to cover some crazy good stuff, man. Um, real quick, this is a billion-dollar guy. Um, what I love about him is over 4,000 transactions in his history, so he's somebody who's done it, been there. As you know, my Outdesk, we love, love, love bringing experts in. And here's the point. He's a coach and everybody needs a coach. Everybody. And all of our clients who are having the most success. I mean, I'm seeing clients who are doubling their business, tripling their business by getting the right leverage and having the right team and no one better to help you do that than a coach. So today um, we've got Sean. Sean, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's my pleasure, Daniel. Thanks. Yeah. And we're going to do some good stuff together. What are we covering for our audience today? Uh, we're going to go through business planning. First and foremost, I think all goals are accomplishable. You just need the right plan. And yet most people, they have a business plan that's 10, 12, 15 pages long. It takes you two hours to read it, let alone know what to do with clarity once you're done reading it, right? So we're going to go through a format of a one page business plan. Second, we're going to show you how you're going to marry that business plan to what your future organizational chart needs to look like. And then finally, we're going to talk about how to retain your team, right, through applying the right compensation models, because we've all been there where you attempt to build a team, you pull somebody in, you pour into this person, you add so much value through education, they find traction, they start getting some success, and then they get drunk in the wine of their own success. And then what do they do? They leave you and start being your worst competitor because they know all of your secrets and they know how you sell and they know everything that you do. Right. And Daniel, they say, oh, that's the best compliment somebody can give me is that I trained them so well, they go out and, and they succeed on their own. Come on, yeah. give me a break. That's BS, man. Nobody yeah. likes that, right? Seriously, I'm going to show you how to retain top tier talent through your compensation models. I'm going to show you how to get them to act like an owner. I'm also going to show you how to get them focused on keeping expenses as low as possible and the net profits as high as possible. Okay. So that's a lot. That is going to be a lot. Guys, if you're listening right now and you're live with us on Facebook or you registered for our webinar, go ahead in the comments, type your name, where you're from, say hello to Sean. We want this to be interactive. So if at any point, um, regardless of where we are or what we're talking about, you have a question or you want to get caught up, um, please, please give us a, 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 just go in the comments and chat. Um, and so tell us where you're from. How hot is it? What, it's summertime, right, Sean? Like, it's probably really hot where you are, right? Yeah, I'm down in Austin, Texas right now, and it's, uh, it's going to be about 95 today from what I understand. But the humidity kills you there. I mean, I, I've been there. It is hot. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm in beautiful Sacramento, California, where it's uh, nice and breezy and, and perfect California weather. Okay, um, so what I'm, what I'm really excited about is Sean actually – runs a coaching platform, has a team, 
And in his history, he's been the president of MAPS Coaching. Now, if you're not familiar with MAPS, um, here's something that's crazy. They've coached over 4,000 different agents at a, at a particular time. And so, you know, at any time, they had over 4,000 people coaching with them. And what that does in terms of a mindset, I'm, I was thinking about this, and, and if you get eight million dollar guys together and they they start patting each other on the back in a little circle and you start talking about org chart and how their revenue you'll get crickets the second you say guys can you pull out your 1040 and and share your tax returns because let me tell you it is hard to build a million dollar team it is hard to double your revenue and sean's going to go over that and he's touching on the most important things um, so we've got Debbie from Denton, Texas, woohoo, and Mike Lafito. He, Mike's one of our buds. We love Mike from my outdesk. Um, Mike is a great guy. Um, okay, so Sean, we are ready. Um, you're going to launch in and you've got a slideshow. Um, but before we get going, if you stay to the end, we've got a landing page for Sean. It's really complicated. It's myoutdesk.com, Sean, and he spells his name the right way, S-H-O-N, Sean. So if you stay to the end, we're going to give away, what are we giving away, Sean? It's kind of, it's your thing. So I want you to talk about it. Yeah, my pleasure. We're going to give you the, what I call the leads to dollars lead conversion program. Now this is based in the proven best practices and guys, I've split test this to the moon and back with tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of leads to tweak it, plus it, change the, 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 the language patterns such that we could get the highest level of conversion out of the leads that were coming in. So what I've developed is a five-step lead conversion formula for lead follow-up that's going to get you to double, triple, quadruple your lead conversion percentages. Now, I, I work with some of the highest producing teams on the face of the planet. In fact, uh, I'll give a shout out to Mark Spain. He is the yeah. highest producing team. In, in the world, frankly, and, and they happen to be one of my clients. I work with their ISA teams. I work with their lead uh, or their buyer specialist teams, their listing specialist teams. And when we have applied these techniques, these strategies, as their ISA team is quadrupling their conversions. So stick around to the end because you're going to get a free download link. It's about a, a 18 minute audio. It's a 25 page workbook that goes along with this. And you're going to understand that five step formula on how to convert leads at a very high level. That's awesome. You know, it's funny, Sean, uh, we didn't plan this, but Mark Spain and I are buds and, and we're, and if you're training their ISAs, that means you're training our virtual assistants, yes. which is awesome. Um, by the way, yeah. they are so darn good. They, I mean, they uh, attend these coaching calls. They're just plugged in, man. And they're implementing these strategies just so quickly. And the conversion rates, I mean, dude, they're soaring. Well, what's funny is, I mean, we're not even, we're not talking about this, but we've in the last 24 months tripled their ISA team with our virtual assistants as they've expanded out. And so to hear that you've been coaching our folks, it's just, it's a good synergy. And I think one place that everybody kind of cur is curious about my outdesk is like, can your ISAs really convert? And so you have direct experience with that. A hundred percent. Yes. And especially after they've gone through the training with Icon. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Rock and roll. Synergy. No doubt about it. All right, good. Let, let, let's dive in because we've got the, you know, a lot of good stuff to cover and we only have an hour. Um, so let's do this. Um, Mike says, what's up? He, I guess Mike Lafito just had dinner with you last week. Oh, nice. Mike, how are you? Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, good small deal. world, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, cool. Let's launch in, man. Let's get those slides rocking and rolling. And guys, again, lots of value. This is specifically so that you can grow and double your business while taking more time off, having more relationships with your people and just having a more beautiful life, really. Um, so yeah, we're ready to roll, bud. All right, man. Well, let's dive into it. So first off, what I want to do is just walk you through a very simple model toward mastery. So I'm going to go ahead and share this model. It's going to get you hyper-focused on what you need to do to improve yourself because I'm a firm believer that your business, your production, your profit, frankly, is going to grow to the extent that you grow. So we really start by focusing in on foundation. Daniel, can you just verify that you can see foundation on your screen? Yeah, we're good, man. We're seeing it. So there's four categories to foundation. It's first, your knowledge, knowing what to do, knowing how to do it. Uh, uh, also knowing what to say, right? Next is your skills, knowing how to do it, how to say it. And then finally, your, your mindset. Obviously, I believe 90% of business success comes from your mindset. And then your habits. Now, there's a guy, FM Alexander, who said, people do not decide their future, they decide their habits and then their habits decide their future. Yet most of us, especially real estate agents, tend to form habits without any intention whatsoever. So it's really about bringing conscious awareness to the activities that are worth building habits around, to apply discipline, willpower, to the point that you own those habits. Now I'm just gonna digress and tell a quick story. Uh, it's one of the greatest ahas I've ever had in my life, and it has to do with habit formation. Now. My wife and I are high school sweethearts. We, we met in the seventh grade, man. We started dating when we were 16 years old, uh, married at age 21, and uh, happily married today, 28 years, right? Now, um, I'm going to go back to when we were 17 years old. We decided we're going to go see a movie, and we invited her older sister. She's four years older. And uh, her new boyfriend, I hadn't met this guy yet. And I agreed I would drive, and I go over to pick him up, and I got to tell you, Daniel, this dude came out of the house. This guy is built, man. I mean, he's got muscles on muscles, right? Seriously, biceps the size of my thighs. And I'm like, man, I want to I wanna look like this guy. So I got to know him a little bit. His name was Paul, and I said, uh, hey, Paul, tell me, how often do you go to the gym, man? He said, well, every day. I said, every day? Seriously, how long is your workout? He said, well, at least two hours. I said, two hours every day, Paul? I said, how do you find the motivation to do that? I mean, I'm 17 years old. I don't have a lot of responsibilities, right? And yet I'm having a hard time getting there once, twice, maybe three times a week. How do you do it every day for two hours? And he looked at me like I was crazy. And gang, this was the aha moment, right? He said, Sean, it's just something I do. Mm -hmm. We all get the point, right? I mean, he's brought that activity to the point of automaticity. This is who Paul is. This is what Paul does. And guess what? Paul gets to look the way Paul looks, right? It's part of his self-image. His paradigm is, is that I work out two hours every single day, and he's formed that habit. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to look at that through the lens um, uh, about your business, right? Meaning, what is that activity or those activities that when you bring that to the point of automaticity, that your business gets to look the way you want it to look, right? Hey everybody, Daniel Ramsey here, and I wanna tell you about an extraordinary offer to take action and start scaling your business right now. You know I get a lot of questions about how to grow your business, generate more revenue, and reduce expenses, and the answer is simple. It's My Outdesk Virtual Assistants. My Outdesk offers five-star virtual assistant services to thousands of business professionals across the United States and making our clients over $100 million in net revenue every year. Our customers absolutely love 
our virtual assistants. And I wanna give you the opportunity to learn exactly why. Simply text the word M-O-D, MOD, to 31996, and we're going to give you a free double my business strategy call where you work one-on-one -on -one with one of our business growth specialists to design an action strategy for growth and cost savings in your business. We're gonna give you over 20 growth and strategy guides, a market force personality indicator, an important business checklist, and hiring guides. My Outdesk admins can help manage your office, your sales, your marketing pipeline, and even help you lead generate and follow up. And during this call, you'll learn exactly how you can put them into your business right now. So again, text MOD to 31996 and get a free double my business strategy call right now and learn how my Outdesk can transform your business today. So part of the coaching we do at our, here at ICON is helping develop this conscious awareness around what habits a realtor needs to possess. So with the right foundation, well, obviously you can build a business as, as tall as you'd like or as big as you'd like to build. So the next phase as we move toward mastery is this phase of pipeline. Now this is your outbound lead generation. This is your open house strategies, your door knocking if that's what you do, uh, calling for sale by owners, expired listings, or your Facebook ad strategy, or your Instagram strategy, whatever that is, it's going to fill your pipeline. So we help realtors just identify the proven best practices, the best ways to generate leads and fill that pipeline. Now this is also has to do with your lead follow-up, which is why you're gonna to wanna to stick around till the end to get that link so that you can download that simple proven five-step formula on lead conversion. Now, those with tenacity, those that can hang in there and grind it out, you're going you're gonna to bust through to this next phase that I call momentum. And Daniel, momentum's a great place to be, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I my mean, goodness. Certainly at my out desk, you guys are in momentum. You guys are flourishing. You're thriving, right? And you're helping a lot of people in the process. Obviously, you, you can't grow if you're not adding value. So there's no doubt about that. Now, momentum. It's a really fun place to be. It's also kind of a terrifying place to be. See, because most realtors that get to this level of momentum, what they do is they, they fall victim to, you know, just the 80% the work. See, I'm talking about Pareto's principle, right? We've got the 80-20 the rule. And in real estate, um, your 20%, see, 20% of your actions will yield at least 80% of your results. And those activities that are going to move the needle for you are really quite simple. First, to practice your skill every single day. Talking about your scripts, your dialogues, your objection handlers, knowing what to say, knowing how to say it, right? Um, and yeah, and so uh, the second point, by the way, there's just five things. So practice, second would be lead generation, third is lead follow-up and conversion, fourth is going on appointments, and fifth is negotiating contracts. Those are the five things that are gonna actually increase your production. And what happens when they get to this phase of momentum though, they begin focusing on the 80% stuff. You know that stuff that needs to be done, yet um, it doesn't necessarily move the needle. They're not dollar productive activities. So they're doing transaction management. They're, they're negotiating inspections. They're doing all the things that need to be done, yet they're not doing the lead generation. So they get to this phase of momentum, and unfortunately, they fall backward in the model, don't they? They fall well, back in the pipeline because they stopped those five things. They should be hiring us to do all that stuff for them. I mean, that's, that's, that's what we do, man. 
Yeah. So they have a terrible month in say January, right? Yet throughout that terrible month in January, they're lead generating like crazy and they jump into momentum for February. Yet throughout the month of February, they're sucked down in the weeds. They're holding the hands of the clients. And then in March, well, they're back down to pipeline. But oh, April's good. <laughs> May's terrible. June is good, right? And that's a short road to burnout. There's a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. So we have to recognize that in this model, it's not an or, meaning I'm not, a lot of people say, well, I'm in pipeline or I'm in momentum. And that's not how this works, right? No, it's not a rung of the ladder that you leave behind. You're just adding momentum to your current model, right? Meaning you're in foundation and you're in pipeline and you're in momentum. Now, once we get you to momentum and Icon Coaching will get you there, especially with the help of, of uh, my outdesk, no question, to leverage off some of that 80% stuff so you can stay focused in pipeline. Those, uh, again, that, that understand this very simple concept of leverage will get to momentum and stay momentum. So there's four categories of leverage. First, it's through models. Second, systems. Third, technology. And then finally, people. And that's where my outdesk really is a lot easier on your pocketbook to leverage through people. So when I talk about models, I'm talking about your economic model, your budget model, your lead generation and lead follow-up and conversion models, as well as your compensation models for, for your teammates, which we're gonna get into the latter part of our discussion today. Now systems, now system to me, it's nothing more and nothing less than a standardized process that produces a consistent and predictable result. You do it the same way every time to get that consistency in your business. Now you modify it only for the natural behavioral tendencies of your prospect, right? Technology, here at Icon, we vet the best technologies. We only recommend technologies that are gonna bring you the highest return on investment. And then finally, through people, my outdesk is a fantastic solution that I gotta tell you probably 60, 70% of the Icon coaching community leverages through my outdesk. So guys, it's a great solution to the people problem because most top producers, they don't have a lead generation problem. They don't necessarily have a lead conversion problem. What they have is a talent problem, a people problem. And Daniel and his team obviously solve a lot of that for us. Now, years later, ultimately we'll reach this level of mastery. To me, it's a lifetime journey. I don't know about you, Daniel, yet I feel like the more I know, sometimes the less I know, right? Yeah, you know, and sometimes when you hit that mastery thing, you've got to go back and you're like, wait a minute, what were the habits and what was I doing in order to get this momentum and build that pipe? Like, this is a constant reshuffling, I think, um, in your business career. And every time you hit a particular revenue mark, you know, it, it almost feels like you've got to rebuild a new foundation, create a new pipeline, create new momentum because... It, you know, and you can almost use this for every, every style or leg of your business. Um, yeah, I love this. And it's a very simple model that anybody that is listening right now can write down and say, I wonder what my habits and mindset and knowledge, what my pipeline looks like, what the momentum looks like. I, this is awesome. Well, good. Thank you, Daniel. And, uh, you know, it, when you were talking, it seems like every time you reach the next benchmark, that next level of success it's like you have to kind of recreate the wheel a little bit. What you're referencing is what I have uh, coined the, the what, how, and who paradox. Meaning the combination of what you do, how you do it, and who you do it with that got you to your current level of success, guys, it doesn't automatically just morph or transform into a better combination of what you're doing, how you're doing it, and who you're doing it with that's gonna get you to that next level of success, right? So we're constantly focused on the what you're doing, how you're doing it, who you're doing it with, 
to get to the next level of success. And by the way, for most of you, uh, if your business isn't where it could be or should be right now, you're probably just missing a key relationship, somebody that you can leverage through to get some of these tasks done. Now, uh, by the way, Daniel, at my outdesk, you guys do things like digital marketing, right? You do lead generation, lead conversion, you do Facebook ads, you do all kinds of stuff that, that will help fill that pipeline up, right? Yeah, and, and to be honest, we're like everybody who's on this call, um, we're a business and we've got to focus on these fundamentals in order to grow. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to teach you or talk to you about the icon methodology of how to move through the three phases of business development. So there's the I phase, which we all start in, right? Uh, I'm an independent agent. I'm all by myself and nobody to leverage through. Some of you are there right now and that's okay, right? It's okay. We all start there. Every master was once a disaster, right? So we all started this I phase. And then we, we shift into this we phase. We found some success. We found some traction, right? And now we're in a position that we can begin leveraging off a lot of that 80% work. And we're doing it together. Now, ultimately, I, I believe it's, it's a business-minded individual. Their goal would be to replace themselves in their organization as quickly as possible to really step over that line to the they do it phase where you've successfully leveraged through models, systems, technology, and people to where you can still make money. It's kind of like the Robert Kiyosaki cash flow quadrants. Are you familiar with that, Daniel? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's the four quadrants. It's a square like this and it's divided into four squares. And in the upper left-hand quadrant, it's the E quadrant. I'm an employee. I work hard for somebody else and that's how I make my money. Now the challenge in that is somebody else is determining your income, right? Then, of course, the lower left would be the, the S quadrant, as Robert Kiyosaki calls it out. It's the self-employed quadrant. And most of the people on this webinar right now are listening to it. Um, you're in that S quadrant, self-employed. It's a great place to be, right? They get into that quadrant because they want three things. First, they want freedom. Second, they want flexibility. And third, they want financial wealth. Now, the challenge is they choose freedom and flexibility first and therefore never get around to financial wealth. Right. So you've chosen discipline first. And I know this sounds like an oxymoron. These words don't even belong in the same sentence, yet discipline will give you all the freedom, flexibility, and wealth that you can handle, right? So, yeah. uh, so in, into that, that they do it phase, though, is what we're talking about. And the upper right-hand quadrant in Robert Kiyosaki's model is the B quadrant, that you truly own a business and you've leveraged model systems, technology, and people to make money. And then ultimately, to get into the lower right quadrant is the I quadrant where your money works for you, where you've invested it appropriately and you don't need the business anymore because of the residual income that you're gaining. There's several ways to do that in real estate. So let's talk through the how to get there. Now, here's the proprietary business planning methodology of ICON coaching. We call it the ETA. Now, traditionally, that stood for estimated time of arrival. And very similar to that, your business plan in this structure will allow you to arrive where you want to arrive when you want to get there, okay? Now, the ETA in our world stands for expectation, targets, and action. Now, expectation, it, it's, in my opinion, just a simple, uh, a better word for the word goal. See, I think especially in our industry, the word goal is way overused. And when I personally set a goal, it almost creates this feeling of uncertainty. Like I think I might not actually accomplish that. On the other hand, when I set an expectation, it shifts my mindset, it shifts my energy, and I just magically uh, expect it to happen, right? 
So second would be targets. Now a target is an interim expectation that is measurable, yet it's not grounded in a singular activity. Many things must happen for a target to be accomplished. And then we'll outline actions under each target. These are in fact singular activities that are measurable because we can't manage what we don't measure and we're applying leverage to each of the actions when appropriate. It's also going to create alignment within your organization. So if you're a, an agent and you've leveraged through people and you've got this team, when you apply this methodology to it, it I promise you it's going to run like a well-oiled machine. Everybody in the team is going to know what's expected of them, when it's expected by, and there's accountability associated with this methodology. It's really quite simple. I think you're going to be so let's dive into it. And let's just say that I'm an individual who has uh, a team. I'm, I'm focused on building a business. So first we're gonna create what I call the CEO ETA. I want you to view this kind of like the team or organizational business plan that is controlled and developed by the leader of this organization. So let's apply this toward real estate. Uh, and by the way, uh, Daniel, I've taught this methodology um, when I consulted with companies like McDonald's and Panasonic, T-Mobile, Sports Clips, Genentech, uh, and about a thousand other companies you've never heard of before. However, uh, I promise you that when this methodology was applied there, they found streamlined, they found success, they found efficiencies, and it's going to work for you as a real estate agent as well. Well, and Sean, I, what I'd like to point out about this particular slide is uh, you know, real estate isn't a complicated business. You got everybody who's listening right now, you can do it on a one sheet, just like we've got here, target one, target two, target three. I mean, it literally can be as simple as a single sheet that is reported on once a week or every day. And I think the simplicity of this form is, is the beauty of it. Yeah, I agree, Daniel. See, you're not taking this business plan to a business bank to get a business loan, right? Yeah. So you don't need executive summaries and pie charts and graphs and all this other complicated, confusing crap. What you need is clarity, right? Yeah. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to build this out and I'm just going to fill in some examples. Now what I'm filling in, it doesn't much matter because I've never created one ETA that looks exactly like another. Okay. So let's just say that my intention or my expectation is to close 100 tra transactions this year. Now we do recognize listings are leveraged. So target one is always going to be around listings. I want to be a little bit listing heavy, 60-40. So my first target is to close 60 listings. Now remember, a target is an interim expectation that's measurable, yet it's not grounded in a singular activity. So many things must occur for you to close 60 transactions, right? So we're going to high level. Remember, this is the business business plan, the, the actual organization business plan. So the high level uh, points we're going to outline here, and I'll just put them up right now. Uh, first, based on closing ratios, we recognize that we need to get 75 listing appointments. We need to develop a lead follow-up and nurturing plan so that we can capture those that aren't ready to list with us right now, right? And then we're going to outline what tools, models, and systems we need in order to accomplish the target. Now, you'll notice here that I've identified the by who and by when out in the right columns, right? So in this case, I've identified Bill, who's a talented listing agent on the team, and I'm going to assign that target to Bill. Now, the best part about Bill's job is what? Yeah, that it's Bill's job. <laughs> I was just going to say he knows exactly what he needs to do, too. That's the other best part about it. 
And what I mean by that is you can't come in and save Bill. Bill's going to succeed or fail on his own merit, right? You can't be that knight in shining armor riding in on the white horse to, you know, pull Bill up out of the trenches. Rather, Bill is chosen for a specific reason, right? So we've got to identify the right talent and lean in to that talent. Let them do the job and let them do it at a high level and then compensate them appropriately for it, okay? Uh, second target was to close 40 buyers. We've identified Jane. Jane is a talented buyer agent on the team and we're gonna assign that target to her. She's gonna say, uh, okay, I need to get 60 buyer agency contracts. I need to develop my lead follow-up and nurturing plans and campaigns. And I'm gonna outline to the CEO and to the business what tools, models, and systems I need in order to accomplish my actions and target. Okay, then John, who's gonna be over, over operations. In fact, at target three, we could just write the word leverage, right? Because it's leveraged through models, systems, technology, people. And John's going to help us control that. So we're going to build out our future organizational chart. We're going to develop our recruiting models to fill that organizational chart. We're going to identify the tools based on the feedback from the listing division, the buyer division. And we're going to focus on the marketing plan under operations. Now, let's set that aside just for a second. As I said, this is the organizational business plan. And let's talk about Bill for a second. Bill is the department head over listings. So we're gonna assign target number one to Bill. And when we do that, and guys, pay attention because here's where the magic happens, okay? This is where you create the alignment within the team. And when we assign that target to Bill, that target becomes Bill's expectation. The three actions we've given to Bill become his three target positions. And that's top down at first, yet it becomes bottom up. We meet in the middle because Bill is then gonna outline the actions required for him to get 75 listing appointments. He's gonna outline the actions associated with his lead follow-up and nurturing system. And then he's gonna articulate, well, what are the tools, models, and systems he needs in order to accomplish his job? So you ultimately end up with a, a separate business plan for Bill, a separate business plan for Jane, and a separate business plan for John. However, they're all in absolute alignment with the organizational business plan. Daniel, any questions for me based on what you're seeing? Well, I, I think this is awesome. And I, I just want to, again, point out the opportunity here for the listeners. You know, you've set the targets as the CEO, and then you've asked your people to tell you what, you're, what they're going to do in writing and by when. And I think that is a big missing step that we have in our industry because, you know, we're all, like you said, we're all super agents who come in, here's the plan, here's the CRM, here's the follow-up techniques, here's what you got to do. And then the listing person and the buyer's person is like, well, I don't want to really do those things. And so what you've just done is given somebody a roadmap for that buy-in piece. When you make your own plan as the listing specialist on the team or the listing person, the person that's driving listings and you made the plan, automatically the CEO has the kind of buy-in that is non-purchasable. Undoubtedly. So we're gonna treat these people like owners even though they have no stock nor equity. And I'm gonna show you how to do that with a results-driven compensation model here in a little bit. Yet the question I have for you first is, does your current organizational chart match your 2019 expectation? And I ask that question of a lot of people and they say, well, I hope so. <laughs> I don't know, right? I don't know. So let's, let's break this down. See, not only have you created a one-page business plan for the leadership team, you've also created your future organizational chart. So let's take a look at the traditional organizational chart, right? That top circle or that top square, it generally says CEO or founder or maybe president or something like that, right? Rather, let's take the E from the ETA, the expectation, 
and let's make that the top circle on the organizational chart. By the way, that's you. You represent the expectation of your organization. Your first key hires, or, or your key hires, would be your T1, or your lead, lead listing specialist. Your second direct report would be your lead buyer specialist, and your third direct report would be your operations manager. Okay? And remember, the best part about their job is that it's their job. So they're gonna go out and identify the talent appropriate to fulfill the expectations of their division. Okay? Now remember, we identify the right talent, then we lean into that talent. We hold them accountable to the results of the organization. Now let's, let's talk about this word just for a second, success. And Daniel, real quick, let's just pause for a second. I want you to give everybody your definition of this word. Oh yeah, man. It's always growth and serving people. Our, um, our number one core value is to act as a, a servant's heart and, and really kind of pour love into, you know, not only we have two clients, we, we serve our virtual professionals. Um, and then we have our actual clients, the folks that pay those bills. And so our, our definition is being able to serve, you know, at a high level, a lot. I love it. It's a fantastic definition. And Daniel, I think you would agree with me that if you had the time and actually took the time and asked a thousand different people what their definition of this word is, you'd probably get back around a thousand different responses, right? Yeah. So I found Absolutely. that to be confusing, right? I thought, well, if I understood this word, if I understood the definition of it, well, then maybe I too could be successful. So I went to Webster's Dictionary. I looked it up and the definition is really quite simple. Success is getting what you want. Right. Not what somebody else wants or thinks you should want. It's getting what you want. So I, I just wanted to point out that point of differentiation because what I'm about to say and what I'm about to demonstrate to you, some of you, this is nowhere near what you want. And I get that. Yet I'm going to go deep and I'm going to show you the current, um, well, not the current, yet the, the appropriate and what I call the iconic organizational structure. I'm going to take you through the evolution of how to get there and, um, just recognize you can stop anywhere in this organizational structure and be very successful. It's just, it's all about getting what you want. All right. So first off, here's the organizational chart. And before your mind goes into way overwhelm and say, oh, I don't want that kind of responsibility. I just want to show you how easy this is actually to develop. Okay. First off, you as the CEO, the team leader, the very first hire for anybody in my personal opinion should be that of a transaction manager. Now, I'd encourage you to outsource that at first because there are companies out there in a flat fee model and a results-driven model, contingency model, right, that'll charge you anywhere from, you know, I found it as low as $200 on the low end, as much as $700 on the high end, depending on the level of service that they're going to provide to you. Yet, you can delegate off a lot of that transaction management. Now, once you get to three transactions per month, then it makes sense to actually hire that person on staff, right, because... The challenge with outsourcing transaction coordination is that that's all they're ever going to do for you is transaction coordination. And the realtor is so busy focused on where I'm getting the next listing, where I'm getting the next buyer, showing homes, listing. I mean, if you're just busy, they have a really hard time implementing a lot of the strategies and tactics that we share with them because they're just busy. So this person at three transactions per month, sure, they're going to do transaction a couple hours every day. And yet you'll have them five to six additional hours to help you with the implementation and deployment of other lead generation strategies and tactics to really grow your production and profit. Okay. So it makes sense to pull them in house. So that's your first key hire. And they're going to take a lot of that 80% stuff right off your plate. 
Okay. Second key hire, and this is a mistake that most agents make. They go out and they hire a buyer agent. And it seems logical, it seems intuitive, meaning uh, I recognize the person that controls the listing, controls the market. I recognize that every time I take a listing, I've now employed everybody that's part of my association to help me sell this house, right? So listings are leverage. And the smart realtors are gonna wanna focus their energy and their time on listing lead generation and they wanna delegate off that buyer side and they wanna just immediately hire a buyer agent and say, okay, you're over the buyers, I'm over the listings, now go out and conquer the world. And unfortunately, that person fails miserably because they haven't been trained appropriately on how to do it. So rather I say, bring that person in first as a showing partner slash ISA. So ISA in, in the icon world stands for inbound sales associate. This is somebody who's gonna field incoming calls, they're gonna do the lead follow-up and conversion with one intention to set buyer appointments. Now, once they set an in-office buyer appointment, they're going to shadow you specifically during the initial counseling session. They're gonna just be a fly on the wall. They're not allowed to speak unless spoken to, and they're gonna watch you do what you do. They're gonna help you prepare the buyer agency agreement, watch you present it to the buyer and get it signed. Now, once it's signed, then they're gonna take them in their car, they're gonna take them all over town, they're gonna to show them homes until they find the right one. As a sidebar comment, by the way, I wouldn't allow them to leave a current showing appointment without scheduling their next. So they get together with this buyer, they show them three properties, none of which work, then they set their next appointment. Even if they have nothing to show them, you'll go out and you'll find it, right? Meaning you'll, you'll research for sale by owners, you'll research old expired listings. And so just as a, a tip, if you've got a buyer right now, many of you do, yet you don't have the right properties to show them. You've shown them everything available. You just haven't found it yet. Do a search in MLS, yet don't do a search for active listings. Do a search with their criteria and put in expireds, canceled, and withdrawn. Then do the research. Contact those people and say, I've got a buyer. Are you ready to sell? Right? You'll find something to show them. So uh, back to the showing partner, though. Once they find the home that the person wants to buy, they're going to bring them back to the office. They're gonna help you write the contract. You'll be able to train them on the way you want it done. They're gonna watch you present it to the buyer, to the listing agent, they'll be part of the negotiations, and you're really setting this person up for success. Now at this point, because you're doing the lion's share of the work, the splits, what I would recommend, is 85% of the below line, meaning after your brokerage splits, 85% goes to the company and 15% goes to the showing partner. And I would say at a minimum, they're gonna do three transactions this way before you promote them to buyer agent. Okay, now they're, they're set up for success. You've, you've done the lead conversion with them. You've taken them through the initial counseling session and they've gone out and shown the homes. Now, here's the funny part about real estate to me. It's the, especially the buyer side of the business, is that uh, the most time consuming part of the buying process, which is showing homes, actually requires the least amount of talent. Hmm. Anybody can show a house. Yeah. <laughs> a donkey can show a house. <laughs> the house sells itself, right? So right. You, at this stage, you've leveraged off the showing part, which is the most time consuming. Now, what you've got to do is you've got to reallocate the time you would have otherwise been showing homes back into the 20% effort. Practice, lead generate, lead follow-up, going on appointments and negotiating contracts, right? So reallocate that time. So once you've promoted them to buyer agent, this is a happy day because now they're going to do their own lead conversion. They're going to do their own appointments, their own showings, and their own contracts, right? And you're focused on the listing lead generation. Now, the next phase is the hire of what I call an OSA. Now, this is something that my outdesk can definitely help you with. This individual is going to be contacting expireds for sale by owners. 
They're going to be doing circle prospecting, even contacting your past clients in sphere of influence saying, Sean asked me to give you a call, right? Uh, so uh, my outdesk can help you with this. You can also hire this person in-house. And I think for that first hire, uh, it might be better to hire them in-house so that you can personally work with them, get them trained up because once they've reached a certain benchmark, and let's call it five signed listing contracts, then what you're gonna do is you're gonna promote that OSA to what we call lead OSA. This becomes one of the direct reports that is gonna help your company scale quickly. So once we promote them to lead OSA guys, their job description and their compensation model shifts pretty dramatically. So as a lead OSA, their number one priority is recruiting, second is training, third is coaching. So they're gonna hire additional OSAs to join the team. They're going to train them, they're gonna hold them accountable, and they're gonna retain them to the team, okay? Now, um, as I said, their compensation model is gonna shift dramatically. Let me share with you one of the greatest ahas that our clients get. Okay? I'm just gonna give it to you right now. So tune in, okay? That is when we compensate our teammates based on their personal production. Well, you already know they, they're forced to focus on their personal production. When we compensate our middle level of management based on the production of their department or others, well then they start realigning their focus to growth, to scalability, and they want to hire as many people as possible. So essentially the compensation model for the junior OSA position would be 15% of the gross commission income. The lead OSA is going to take 10% of the commission and the company's gonna retain 75% of the commission. And I want you to view that part of the model like this. See, I'm a licensed realtor in the state of Colorado. And if I called you today and I said, listen, I just set a listing appointment for you Saturday morning, 10 o'clock. I've asked the 22 pre-qualifying questions. They are motivated, they're hot to trot. And uh, if they list with you, will you pay me a 25% commission? Of course, everybody who's listening to this or watching this would say, sure, Sean, I'll pay you a 25% commission, right? So I want you to view that part of the model just like that. What they're doing is they're referring business to you and you're paying them 25% for it. So um, next hire on the business development side, uh, once that OSA reaches a certain benchmark and let's call it five signed listing contracts, they have a choice. They can either stay as an OSA or they can take the next logical step in their transition toward a higher level of income and transition to a showing partner. So upon five signed listing contracts, they'll be promoted to showing partner. They're gonna report directly to your first buyer agent hire. Now here's the fun part, is you've now leveraged the training of that individual through your buyer agent, because that buyer agent's gonna do exactly what you did for them with their showing partner. You tracking with me, Daniel? Yeah, I get it. You're, you're basically giving them a hierarchy of opportunity as they as their skills improve, you're giving them somewhere to move, retaining them in the business and, and opening up new opportunity within the business so they can make more and grow as a, as a person and as a, they can just grow their career. Well said, Daniel. Well said. So uh, that, that junior OSA, by the way, has now created uh, a new space in your parking lot. Right. They developed five more listings and you know, if you get five more signs out there tomorrow, well, of course, your buyer agent starts going underwater a little bit. The leads start rolling in. So it makes sense for them to transition from junior OSA to showing partner. Because now the need for the, for the buyer's agent to leverage is there. So this is where the model really becomes self-propelling. 
The more listings you get, the more buyer leads you get, the more buyer leads you get, the more buyer agents you need, and so on and so forth, right? So once that showing partner has obtained at least three signed uh, buyer agency and uh, buy-sell agreements, then you're gonna go ahead and promote that showing partner to buyer agent. In so doing, you're gonna take that first buyer agent, you're gonna promote them to lead buyer agent. So you can see how this model starts to make a lot of sense, right? So as lead buyer agent, their job description and their duties as well as their compensation models have shifted dramatically. So how it works on the buy side of the business, and by the way, the buyer side of your business is never gonna be as profitable as the listing side of your business. We just have to accept that. There's you know, too many man hours involved, too many people involved. So we're gonna go 15% to the showing partner. We're gonna go 35% to the buyer agent. You say, I can't hire people at 35%. Guys, they don't have to show homes. They don't have to work weekends or evenings. They're leveraging off the most time-consuming task through a showing partner. And as a direct result, they're going to double their production. And I don't know about you. I'd rather double my production getting 35% per transaction rather than you know, keeping a larger piece of a pie. So we're after people who aren't focused so much on the size of the piece of pie they get because in this model, what they have to recognize is that you've got a, a couple of pie makers in the back. I mean, you're pumping out pies like crazy, right? So they're going to get, yeah, sure, a smaller piece of the pie, yet they're going to get a smaller piece of many, many, many pies. So a buyer agent leveraging through a showing partner inside of this model should be able to do four to six transactions every single month. Okay? A lead buyer agent, they're going to be focused on recruiting. They're helping the lead OSA bring in more OSAs because they recognize they're going to come over to showing partner, be promoted to buyer agent. Lead buyer agent, by the way, is gonna get 10% of the gross commission income of every buyer agent and showing partner on the team, okay? So then we just focus on scalability at this point. We're gonna get you an EA, executive assistant, at this point. This person's gonna manage your email inbox. They're gonna set your appointments for you. They're gonna pick up your dry cleaning and bring you lunch every day, okay? Because you're still going on listing appointments at this phase of your growth, okay? And your OSA team setting up multiple listing appointments for you week after week after week, and you're just going in and knocking it out of the park. All right. So then we're going to bring on a marketing coordinator. They're going to help us fill up the pipeline even faster. Then happy day, by the way. This is the hire of your first listing specialist. And you're going to, of course, go on appointments with them at first. You're going to teach them exactly what it is that you do. And the listing specialist, by the way, this is a salaried position, and you've got the revenue at this point to pay a salary. And I would recommend around fifty thousand per year and then 10% of the gross commission income. And when you approach it that way, rather than on a results-driven you know, commission model, you're gonna be money ahead every single time. Then you're gonna promote that listing specialist to lead listing specialist, you're gonna add another listing specialist, and you just focus on scalability. And you take a look at Mark Spain, we mentioned him earlier. You know, he's got over 100 agents on his team right now. And really the only difference between Mark Spain and you is that middle level of management. He's identified the right talent and he lets them succeed or fail on their own merit. And he's identified the right talent. So I recognize we're getting a little bit short on time. So let me dive into this compensation model. Now this I call the iconic net profits interest compensation model. And you as the agent for that middle tier of your organizational chart, let's, for example, let's talk about the lead buyer agent for a moment. As I mentioned, the splits would be for the showing partner, they get 15%. The buyer's agents get 35%. The lead buyer partner's gonna get 10%. So that's what they're gonna leverage to uh, really pay their bills through this process. And we're gonna give them net profits interest, which is an annual bonus once you've closed out the books for the previous year. 
So let's just say that the buyer team, before I promote, um, I'm going to just use some round numbers here. And I'm going to look at what I would be satisfied with. Let's just say that if I net 100,000 out of the buyer division, then I'd be a pretty happy person. Okay. So I'm going to set a floor at 100,000, meaning the first 100,000 net to the organization from the buyer division, that's my money. I deserve it. I built this company. I'm the one taking the risk. And you're not going to get a bonus on any portion of that first 100 grand. Okay. Yet anything above 100,000 net to the organization, I'm going to pay you blank percent. And at this point, you have no ceiling. You can build this big of a bonus as you want. It's just a matter of identifying the right talent and training them up, holding them accountable and coaching them through the process. So let's say that this person is a person of talent and they take it from $100,000 net to 1.1 million net, which I've helped many clients do that on their buyer division as well as their listing division. So you're going to give them, and let's just use 20% as, a, as an example. You're going to give them 20% of anything net above 100 grand. They net 1.1 million after several years of doing this. You're going to write them a check for 200 grand as a bonus. However, you get to retain the other 800,000 and the first 100,000. So they're pretty happy. You're pretty happy. As I said, there's no ceiling and we're going to vest them after five years. So this is a retirement plan for this individual as well. So after five years, they're vested. They could quit, they could go sit on a beach somewhere and you're always gonna write them that check year after year after year, provided the buyer division of your organization is profitable above 100,000. However, at the moment that they choose to leave, they've now put a ceiling on their net profits interest bonus. The moment that they choose to leave, they've now walked away from that 10% gross commission income that they're earning from the production of the buyer's agents and they'll have to identify their own replacement. Mm -hmm. So they identify this replacement at 1.1 million. That replacement comes in, they assume the role of lead buyer agent, they assume the 10% gross commission income, and they're gonna be paid blank percent, I would recommend 20% of anything net above 1.1 million. Now, not only have you engaged a couple of talented people here, you've treated them like partners, like owners, yet they have no stock nor equity in your organization, and they've got every reason to help you scale this and blow it up in a powerful way. So uh, again, if this person takes over at 1.1 million, they're gonna get 20% of anything above that. Uh, obviously they're focused on keeping expenses as low as possible, net profits as high as possible. However, if that replacement begins to fail, what do you think their predecessor is gonna do, Daniel? Let's say instead of 1.1 million net, it looks like they're gonna net 800,000 that next year. What's their predecessor gonna do? Yeah, they're they're gonna come back. They're gonna come back in and fix it, and not you, the CEO. I mean, because it's gonna be in their interest to fix it. That's right. So they could come in. They might fire that person or demote them, take back over, build it back up to at least 1.1 million, and then identify a new replacement. Or they're gonna coach that person up. They're gonna come in. They're gonna roll up their sleeves. They're gonna get them back up to 1.1 million because now it's their bonus you're messing with, right? Right. So you've, you've given yourself a layer of insulation so you don't have to get sucked back into this business. Now, obviously these are some, some higher level, you know, business building concepts. And, and if you feel a little bit confused right now, you know, that's okay. And by the way, if you think maybe you want some help in, in really scaling your operation to really become an icon, there's a very simple way that you can reach out to us for help. And we're here to help, you know, like, like Daniel, we've got a servant's heart, man. When you're winning, we're winning. 
So if you're serious about growing your business, if you're serious about increasing your production and your profit, and you're not kidding yourself, do me a favor, just grab, grab your cell phone right now. I just want you to send a text message. This will give you an opportunity to self-schedule what we call a discovery call to really discover, is coaching right for you? Is Icon right for you? Are you right for Icon? And really determine, do you qualify for our coaching programs? So I'll ask that you text one simple word. It's discovery to this six-digit number. And it's 888-111. Okay, so discovery to 888-111. And I see that uh, uh, my outdesk has typed that in the, uh, the um, the notes. We've got it out there. We've got it out there for the audience. Sean, we're going to wrap up. Um, we've, we've got about five minutes left. If you're listening, um, well, I personally have, have learned a lot. Um, and I think you're, um, if you're on this call, there's lots going through your mind about what, what your org chart needs to look like, what your, you know, what you need to be focused on in order to grow. And this profit interest compensation plan Interestingly enough, we've never had anybody on explain the details of that before. So this is a first for my outdesk, and I want to thank you, Sean, um, for doing that. Um, real quick, what, what, in your opinion, Sean, like as we're waiting for questions to come in, what's the most important thing out of this entire presentation that you kind of landed on? Boy, uh, I, I think they all kind of have to work in concert a little bit, don't they? Yet. Um... Uh, really, I, I think the most important thing for you to take away from this is to bring conscious awareness to the habits required for you to increase your production and your profit. So first identify what activities are worth building habits around and then apply discipline toward owning that habit. Now, I've done a lot of research around habit formation. In fact, uh, that quote from FM Alexander, that experience I had with Paul literally shaped my life and my trajectory because <laughs> excuse me, and the, the old adage was that it takes 21 days to form a habit, right? Right. When I was uh, collaborating with Gary Keller and Jay Papazan in the writing of The One Thing, we couldn't find any research that suggested that it takes 21 days to form a habit. And the research we did find, by the way, was out of, uh, uh, by a gal named uh, Megan Oten out of the University College of London in Australia. And then there's the book, Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Yeah. And uh, you know, just scoured through that stuff. Their research is going to suggest that it takes 66 days on average to form a habit. Okay? Yep. On the low end, the, the research suggests that it takes 18 days to own a new habit. And on the outside, it was 254 days. Yet the 66 days represented the average of their group or that sweet spot, right? So to come up with a tracking method, which we've developed here at Icon Coaching, to apply that discipline every day for 66 days in a row, and then you've brought that to the point of automaticity. So for some of you, some of those habits might be you know, just having 10 conversations, live conversations every single day. And right. every time you do that, um, we've got a habit tracker, okay? So it's a one form sheet. It's got 66 boxes on it. At the bottom, there's a bunch of affirmations that'll keep you focused on habit formation. Yet every day you do that activity, then you're gonna put an X on that box. Now, right. Daniel, what happens to your energy? What happens to your, your motivation, uh, momentum? toward this owning this habit once you put like 10 boxes in a row. Yeah, yeah, you, you don't want to stop. You don't want to stop. And by the way, that methodology came from um, a guy named Jerry Seinfeld, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. So before he was the Jerry Seinfeld, he said, you know, the only thing I have to do is write one funny joke every day and then commit it to memory. 
And now think about the compounding effects of doing just one thing right every day. After 30 days, you've got a full stand-up routine, right? After three years, you get the Seinfeld show and you get stardom and so, you know, becoming a celebrity and all of that in the, in the process. So um, if it's just 10 conversations a day or maybe it's you know, five personal notes every day or whatever it is for you, it, it becomes kind of your just. In fact, yeah. somebody will write a book, I'm gonna call it just. Because every, every month, by the way, I, I get to interview what I call an icon of our industry. I do it on a free webinar just like this, right? And you can register for that by simply going to iconcoachingre.com. It's absolutely free to attend. Yet these are people that are crushing it in real estate and they're opening the Komodo saying, you know, here's my failures, here's my successes, here's what I'd recommend for you to do. And again, it's free for you to attend. And every single one of those people, I say, how did you achieve the success that you've achieved? And their response is pretty common. I just blank. You follow me? So I want to write a book called Just, and I want to outline, okay, pick one thing and do it at a very high level on a very consistent basis, and you'll find the success that you're after, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Okay, guys, um, thanks for staying to the end. We've got Lenny, who um, he has a buying question, and I, I can't, if somebody um, wanted, we're, we're going to give you guys a spot to check out not only Sean's company and, and get that discovery call, definitely text, but we're going to give away that free, um, you know, the audio book leads to dollars. So it's just my outdesk forward slash Sean S H O N. We're going to share that list with him. So if you get that, he'll follow it up with a call and, and help you out. And also if you'd like to book a discovery call, it's a hundred percent free you're going to talk about what your current org chart is, what your goals are. And if, if you're a fit for his coaching program or not, he'll discuss cost and time frame and what the commitment looks like. Um, but you know, every successful client at my outdesk, we, um, so we, we surveyed our client clients last year and said, Hey, how much money have we saved you? And, and we got a response that we've saved our clients over $55 million compared to the traditional hiring, you know, avenues. And what's cool about that is these are the top tier clients, the top 100 people like Sean's, uh, like Sean's client, uh, Mark Spain, they're our clients and we have grown their business by providing leverage. And so the biggest thing that they do that, you know, maybe if you're listening, you're not, is they have a coach. They have a coach and it's, it's a big deal. So, um, Sean, thanks for being here. Let's leave them with one last thing. Um, and, uh, appreciate you for, for sharing this stuff. Well, it's my pleasure. By the way, coaching's not nearly as expensive as you think it might be Guys, we have programs that start at $97 a month. So seriously, just text Discovery to 888-111. We'll get you on the right track and we'll provide you with the clarity and get you unstuck, all right? So um, last thing I would leave you with is probably uh, something my grandfather taught me years ago. And yeah. he said this, he said, uh, give to others without ever remembering and receive from others without ever forgetting. Gang, approach your business, your prospects, your clients, your past clients, your sphere of influence, just treat them that way. You'll never, ever go wrong. That is a perfect way to end. Sean, thanks for joining us today at My Outdesk. We really appreciate you and your time. If you're listening here, um, you know, congratulations because you learned a lot. I know I did. Again, thanks, Sean, for your time. And if you guys have any questions about hiring virtual real estate virtual assistants, join us at myoutdesk.com. Thanks again, Sean, for being here.
My pleasure. Do it in your cool, guys. Talk soon.